Marty, what makes a world-class AR? Um, Michael, I think the at, at the end of the day, uh, what makes a world-class AR is world-class people. Um, you, it, it, as a as a team builder here at Daniel Defense, I am constantly trying to find the absolute best people to fill every position that we have, uh, and that you know there are so many things in a in a in a business, and particularly building ARs, that you have to do well. You can't do you know it's like an it's like an eight cylinder engine, right? Uh, if you want to be world class, you can't have a cylinder not working right. Right, because what do you have? You got not much, right? They all have to be working, and they all have to be running together. You know, from your marketing to your sales, to your uh, design, to your manufacturing, to you know, to customer service, to you know, all of those things have to be up here to be world class. You can't have you can't have one of them that's low. You got to have them all at the top. And I think that's the difference. And and, and the way you do that is world class people. You have to have the right people. You can't. You you have to have people that that's their desire. Their desire is the same as my desire. I don't. Uh, you know, Jay and I were talking about that this week, and I'm I'm learning to be better at this, and that is giving him a direction and then letting him solve the problems with his team. And, and I still like to be an idea guy. I can't help it, but but I want my idea to be just another idea. Because his team can get the job done, and they are world class. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Just and, the, and it's the same thing in engineering, and it's the same thing in manufacturing. It's, you know, it's, it's the, about the team of people that we have. A quick aside: What was Marty like when the first military contracts came in? <laughs> uh, frantic. Uh, we were. It, it was funny. The first two weeks I worked for Marty. We were putting together a proposal for the government because it was. I, I called Marty on a Friday asking if he was looking, you know, needed an employee. He said, "Come on down." Uh, we were working with, on a government contract. We turned around a proposal to the government in two weeks, and you know, it, it, the things that the government was asking for were things that we hadn't yet established yet. <laughs> so, you know, we would be reading this contract, and it'd be asking about you know some particular thing in a quality plan. And me and Marty both look at each other and say, Marty, well, do you have the so-and-so that I need for this quality plan? And he's like, you're going to have to write that. You know, so it's like, it, we were building, yeah, we were, you know, we were building a business. Marty had, I mean, when I started for Marty, he had an established business, but it was, it wasn't mature yet. So we did a lot to build policies and procedures and work instructions, and we're still a young company. We're those still, things still, still happen every day. You know, documenting how you deburr a flash hider is something that has to be done. Um, and in the early days, we didn't have a lot of those documents, so we had to build them all. It was a lot of fun. So, what 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 do you think, Jake? Makes a world class AR. I, you know, I agree with Marty. Um, there, the company that stands behind the firearm is the value of the firearm. Um, having uh, the design and the engineering being strong, and the manufacturing to support it, uh, and a quality, poli- a quality program that audits both of those departments to ensure conformity. Um, as far as it speaks to the actual product, what makes a world-class AR, um, at number one, I think, the, the heart of the firearm, the barrel. If you have a well-manufactured barrel, 
Uh, the gun's going to be accurate. The gun's going to be reliable. It's going to work all the time. Um, and as we saw uh, on the floor earlier, Michael, we spent a ton of time manufacturing barrels. Um, the, the engineering data master that is the recipe for which we make barrels, which is like Colonel Sanders' secret recipe we keep under lock and key, there's, there's probably 90 operations into making a barrel. And you think it'd be simple. You grab the material, you hammer it, you, it's, it's done. No. There's, there's work instructions from everything on how you, uh, you know, how you warm the machine up in the morning to how you polish the feed ramps to the amount of polishing compound you use to how many, uh, you should do before you change a tool. It's incredible. We, we don't warm that machine up anymore. <laughs> it okay. runs all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to worry about That's right. it up. That's right. So, you know, those, those little attention to detail things in the parts that matter on the firearm are what make a world-class AR. Um, you can look at a gun real quick and, and take a good assessment of um, the quality and the value of the firearm, but the true understanding of is this built by people who care is what matters and you know i think that goes with it speaks that way in cars it, that's that way in high-end uh, watches you know um ferrari i'm sure could build more cars or um make a faster car but you know if you watch the way that they paint a hood or something it's incredible because the attention to detail and the love and the care that go into it is what makes it have value. And it's the same thing with a firearm. We put blood, sweat, and tear and love in these firearms, and hopefully the people that buy them appreciate that. Located in Black Creek, Georgia, Daniel Defense produces premium quality AR-15 platform firearms and firearm accessories. Manufactured in our state-of-the-art facility, Daniel Defense builds rails, barrels, complete weapon systems, and a variety of mounts and other accessories. So whether you're defending your house, community, or this country, Daniel Defense has a solution to fit your small arms needs. So go to DanielDefense.com or call 866-554-GUNS today. Well, that's uh, just something I wanted to mention. I mean, I, I'm obviously a sports shooter, and, and I, I like shooting, but I'll, the core market for your guns are, are people who, who need them very badly. Mm-hmm. You know, whether in law enforcement or whether we're talking about you know the Tier 1. Yeah. Military people, that must be amazingly gratifying. It's you know more than making a pizza. You're making a gun that maybe saved an American soldier's life. Yeah. So those those Mark 18s and M4A1 parts and components and uppers and firearms we assemble for for Special Operations Command. Uh, the the level of satisfaction that's associated with that uh, is incredible. The prestige that comes with that is is awesome. Um, and the people that are responsible for that have a great sense of pride. Um, and believe me, they get the speech a lot that, hey, it's really important that you do a good job here. It's not less important that you do a good job on somebody else's firearm, but this is going to Afghanistan or this is going to Iraq. And that means a lot to those people, and they take pride in it. I had, I had a guy last, uh, last week, no, it was two weeks ago, who came over over to our Carolina plant. Um, we were looking at redoing some uh, landscaping around the building to make the place look a little nicer. And he, he came out from the landscape place and he said, I just got 
you know, I'm I'm retired military. I, I was over in Iraq and Afghanistan, and we use your products and thank you for building a great product. It, it was really important to us to have have your product. And I said, wow, that you know, talk about making my day. Uh, but do you mind coming in and telling some people that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, well, because I it's think important. It's good for them. Good for them to know. I mean, Absolutely, to understand what they're a part of, you know, which is more than just building a widget. Yeah. Well, we saw the gun you showed me downstairs. Or the, yeah. The, it's, uh, you know, from a, a really well-known trainer. And, and yeah. I, I know who he trains, and I, yeah. I know that he spent a lot of time doing weapon evaluations for the highest tier of the military. Right. And when he launched his own business, he, he shot your gun. Yep. And, and apparently he has a new one. Cause He's got a new one. Yeah. Well, beat up still works fine. <laughs> right. right. But it, it's, uh, um, it's a testament to the product. So I think that... Different, was there ever a point when you started out where you... Where you just looked out and said, "Oh my God, what have I done? I'm really in over my head now." <laughs> was there ever um, that moment of sheer fear? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I was uh, I was watching uh, a uh, interview uh, last week with uh, George Foreman, and he talked about his fight with Joe Frazier, and he talked about how uh, the first time he knocked him down, he said, "Oh my gosh, he's going to kill me." <laughs> and he said it's the fear that made me and he said the second time I knocked him down he said oh he's really going to kill me now <laughs> and he was constantly uh, his the fear that he had in the ring made him just be that much more aggressive and go make things happen you know go knock, knock his opponent out and, and yeah there's there's some risk in business and I've taken some pretty big risk uh, specifically you know I think of, of one time where uh, I was Really, in a in a place where I had to I had to build some more product, had to design and manufacture some more product, and I, I went to my dad, and he he um, he owns part of the family farm that's been in our gener- our family for three or four generations, and he put that farm up as collateral. So when when you talk about betting the farm, <laughs> you've been in a situation where he has indeed bet the farm. Absolutely, and I, <clears throat> I remember. I remember distinctly walking out of the bank thinking, and I, I literally thought this on the way out of the bank, I'm not sure if I was him, I would have done that. <laughs> 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 and yet, you know, what a team player he's been, what a great what a great um, mentor he's been, and a great, uh, what, what does it mean to a son for your dad to, to have that much confidence in you, you know? It's a really uh, it's a compelling and, thing. And it's the... Uh, it, you know, the, the interesting thing is that uh, life, my life hadn't always been about all success either. I've, I've had some failures. I failed out of college twice uh, <laughs> before I went back and, and finished college. And, uh, you know, failure is a step towards success. And so I treat every failure, and we have failures, as a step. What can I learn from it? How can I get better? How can I never make, let that happen again? Uh, we bid on some things from time to time that we, you know, don't get. We get a lot. We get yeah. percentages of stuff we bid on with government <laughs> contracts, but we're not going to get them all. Um, but when we, there's been a couple that we bid on that we just didn't do well. We just, we could have done better. And you know what? What do I tell the team, Jay? I say, hey, we win as a team. Mm-hmm. We lose as a team. We screwed this up. We'll go get the next one. Um, we're going to learn from. Well, that's, that's a necessary next. step. I mean, literally, quite literally, you cannot throw sevens every time. You the dice learn. will not let you throw sevens every time. So, if if you don't fail, 
I'm pretty sure you can't succeed. Uh, the two things are inextricably linked. And you have to business. you have to experience failure in order to succeed.